can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. There we go. That was the countdown, and I wasn't even talking this time. <laughs> Welcome to the Talking Pools podcast. Thank you for listening. Hey, I'm hey everybody. Right off the bat. <laughs> this is Rudy, hey, I, my co-host. Uh, again. I am Rudy, and <laughs> I am the co-host again. So I am the co-host, the co-host always. Too. Welcome to the Talking Pools podcast. It's New Year's Eve. <laughs> How cool is that? And I want to be the first one to say, fuck you 2021 oh my goodness and hope that 2022 is the light at the end of the tunnel that we've all been hoping for i know we've all gone through a bunch of crap in the last year with pricing product availability would have been easier to catch a fart in a hurricane with a leaf rake than it would have been to find a chlorine tablet happy to put it all behind us and move on to the next one me too yeah um for certain everybody's had a rough couple of years honestly so hoping uh hoping this one is much better (laughs) <laughs> but you know what, Andrea, let me tell you this. I am so excited about 2022. And let me tell you why, because we are going into this year with all of the folks right now that are listening to us by our sides. We're going into it together because we are in this together. Me too. Yeah. Um, for certain. $50,000 party for only five people is a little steep, even for a millionaire. Swimming pools with stains. Mm, that is a That does definitely suck. You've had a few, right? Oh, I've had lots of stains. So when you, when you walk up to a pool and it's stained, I mean, what's your process? What goes through your mind? What are you thinking when you're looking at it? Well, um, so are we talking like, well... I don't know. I guess so first, the very first thing that I do or think of anyway is what kind of stain is it? And is it actually a stain? So do we call it like is scale a stain? It's not really a stain. No, it's scale. It's scale. Scale can stain. And same thing with algae. That's not really a stain, but it can leave behind discoloration. So, so those would, that would be a stain. Algae would be a stain. No, algae is algae, damn it. If if it leaves behind a discoloration, for sure, that's a stain. Correct. Discoloration. Yes. Stain. I agree. That's a stain. Okay. So we can kind of lump all these things together then, right? A little bit. Take me through your process. <laughs> okay. So like I said, first thing is to figure out exactly what kind of stain it is and you know what you're dealing with so get eyes on the stain like you know a picture can can do can um can help sometimes but not really you want to you want to see what's there what you're dealing with you mean a picture from the homeowner or the customer to you you want to actually be poolside that's what you're saying or even like a tech if you're like a service manager or something like that and your service tech sends you a picture yes definitely want to Get eyes on that and see exactly what you're doing. Oh, yeah. A lot of times, you know, a lot of times people send me a picture and they say, oh, you see the stain there? I'm like, "Uh, no. 
just because it's so hard and, and it's usually online too. So first you lose a lot of it in the picture. And then just the fact that it was sent online, I really, if you're going to send anything like that to me, please email it and draw a circle email around it, it because the stain itself. That's a, well, there's that too. You have to um, point it out. Yeah. And email it because you know, the resolution is different. If you send it through like Facebook messenger or messenger or, um, Text texting is awful, especially between like an Android and an iPhone. It's, so um, the next thing that I would do is when once I'm there looking at it, you know, determine what kind of stain that they're talking about. Like I just said, if it's actually scale and not so much a stain, um, there are actual there. I keep saying actually there are uh, certain stains that can become calcified too. Yeah. Now, uh, then you're also going to want to make sure, uh, eliminate algae as a culprit, you know, because if it's, I've had some stubborn, stubborn mustard algae that looked like iron stains. And then I had to go through like a whole stain, stain identification process to eliminate the fact, you know, eliminate the iron possibility. That's the mustard algae. That's really tenacious. Mm, yes. And it was, it was like, you know, rusty colored. It wasn't like green. It wasn't yellow. It was, you know, it kind of looked a little bit like algae, but like, but also looked like I said, like an iron stain. So I actually did, um, the stain ID kit that you can get. And, uh, it didn't make any difference. I even tried ascorbic acid. I threw a vitamin C tablet down there. It did nothing as well. And so that's when I was like, all right, well, I must be dealing with some kind of algae here. And I think you actually helped me out with that one. What is your actual process of elimination, though? Is it always the stain ID kit? Is that what you use? Or do you use some other technique in identifying no. what you're looking at? Um, well, same same thing with, um, with um, treating algae. I always start with testing the water. Um, you know, look at the stain, look at the scale or whatever it is, determine how you're going to treat it and then check the water. Well, you do a regular chemical test, but then you're also going to test for anything extra that you think might be in there. So if you think it's an iron stain, test for iron. If you you know, think it's something else, test for whatever you think it is, as long as there's a test kit. That it. makes sense. And there's a test for almost, almost, I don't want to say every metal that you could possibly have in pool water, but there's a test kit available for almost every metal out there and they're not that expensive either no because you can just go and get like a bottle of whatever specific strip that you need off of amazon i i've done i haven't bought any of them but i've searched for a lot of different and there's a lot of different tests you yeah can i'm not, and i'm i'm not usually a huge fan of test strips however for a lot of these different things well, that we look easy. at that's all that we have available to us and you know what for as much crap as test strips get from people they have come a very, very long way from where the inaccuracy and such where they used to be. So so definitely, yeah, if you think you have an iron stain, it makes perfect sense. Test the water for iron. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I guess there's, you know, some some amount of iron in almost everything we add to a pool anyway, right? Is that Well, correct? hopefully not, but probably. In the past two years, I'd say pro the chances are higher just simply because we're importing so much product from overseas instead of manufacturing it here and the factories overseas that this product is made in they're very very old factories which means they have very old plumbing which means the level of impurity is much much higher and iron is way up on top of that list so yeah so you could be potentially 
adding iron just by adding, say, calcium or chlorine or whatever. Cyanuric acid, anything. It's not uncommon. I'll tell you, I have a customer, a million gallons of water, brand new liner. It was one of those big old Mirtha pools where they actually, you know, the same folks who do the pools for the Olympics. And so, you know, they just come out with vinyl and they actually seam these in place in the pool. And they had a fellow come by, the person that was taking care of their pool, and went to add cyanuric acid. It's an outdoor pool, so that's fine. It's not that it doesn't make sense. So, but what he did was, is he took the bags of product and he broadcast it across the pool's surface, which is not how we add cyanuric acid because it will take forever and a day to dissolve that way. Normally, we would pour it directly into a skimmer if it's a residential pool, you know, mix it into a slurry of water, pour it slowly into a skimmer. Or if we have a commercial pool like this was, it happened to have a surge pit like Florida pools do. But no, he broadcast it all. And within a day. Wait, he. Oh, sorry. I. I got a little confused. He broadcast it into the pool. Correct. (gasps) Holy crap. Did you hear the news? The Talking Pools podcast now has a regular column in Pool Magazine. It is the hottest new trade mag in the industry. The edgy morning radio show style podcast with Rudy and Andrea is now on the pages of the magazine known for keeping a finger on the pulse of the pool industry. Yes, both print and digital. Download the PoolMagazine.com app on Google Play today. What are you waiting for? Do it now. He broadcasts it right across the pool surface. And like I said, even in the filter, it takes about five to seven days for this stuff to dissolve. So think about how long it's going to be without that water flow. Anyway, within a day, orange speckles all over the place. Oh, man. So the downfall is, is that... They let this company try to remove them and try and try, and it just went on for so long. You know that the longer a stain is in place, the more it becomes part of a pool. Mm-hmm. And they can... Well, in general, even with clothes. Well, they can become impossible to remove. So if a stain's been in place long enough, you're not getting it out. It's part of the pool now. It polymerizes with the liner. It's there. It's there to stay. So sad story, actually. But you brought yeah. up the topic of iron levels in chemicals, uh, the stuff you get manufactured that's actually manufactured in the U.S., much less likely to happen. Stuff that comes from overseas, much more likely to happen. Unfortunately, with all of this crap that's been going on the past couple of years, uh, there's a lot of overseas product in the market. Gotcha. So then you'd want, so that would give you in, uh, even more of a reason to kind of test for iron semi-regularly at least correct you've seen when somebody drops a bobby pin so concentrated where it was sitting that it made a stain. right oh and yeah that leaves that lovely stain we know that pool is not going to have an iron level but you're correct that is still one of the first things i'd want to check just rule it out okay move on to the next thing yeah because you could have you know some kind of fixtures or whatever some something else anyway so yeah it doesn't even have to be you test and yeah. Are you familiar? So are you familiar with red cedar mulch? Have you seen people put that around their pools? Oh my god! I yes, I. It's yes. a big thing. It's really popular and it's beautiful. I've gotten splinters from it. It's awful. You got splinters from it while while cleaning uh-huh. somebody's pool. Yeah, I really don't know what your process is at all. <laughs> Last week you hurt your neck carrying a telepole around in your teeth. <laughs> Now you ended up with well, splinters from red cedar mulch while cleaning a pool. I just don't understand. Anyway, don't tell me. I don't want to know, really. So <laughs> It goes through flip-flops. <laughs> red cedar mulch is very common 
in landscaping, right? And pools are not always level. And when it rains, water goes in all directions. And you know, red cedar mulch does not come red, right? They make it red. Yes, they do. They dye it. And do you know what they dye it with? Is it iron? Iron oxide. Absolutely. Uh So if red cedar mulch gets in the pool or even the runoff from red cedar mulch when it's new, you know how it leaches out? That runoff can give the pool an iron level. A piece of red cedar mulch can leave an iron stain. You really have to. Are you ready? I'm ready. Think outside Outside. the pool. The pool. You know what my favorite thing is, is when people have like that little tiny, um, like sun shelf that's only like, you know, two or three inches deep. And so they have that little circular section, but then they have cedar mulch and landscaping like four inches away from the from the edge of the pool and so that all you have to that always ends up with the mulch and the dirt and those shelves are beautiful but i hate cleaning them and the larger the shelf the more i hate the pool well as long as the builder you know gave it enough circulation with some kind of bubbler or some kind of something some kind of flow because a lot of them they don't have enough flow and so they just sit there like a giant cup of tea and it just then you're dealing with a whole different problem though because now we're creating turbulence and what's the turbulence doing now you're going to raise the ph now it's jacking up my ph but not raising my total alkalinity so i'm adding acid for ph control and then i'm putting myself in a position where i'm constantly having to bring the total alkalinity back up it's a yo-yo effect and the p in the high ph uh makes the staining worse actually so you're just kind of yes adding to everything you're just you're just digging your own Hole, your your own stained hole. Wow! What the hell? <laughs> We're just gonna walk right past that one and keep going. So, all right. So, you, so you have a brown stain. You tested the water for iron. Let's say that you didn't have an iron level in the water. What do you do next? You're gonna test it with a vitamin C tablet. That's my go-to. I rely heavily on colors. Whether you agree See, that it's the same color or not. <laughs> I'm just going to say real quick, um, I have only ever not had success with that method. So that's why it's not my go-to. Not, I'm not saying that it doesn't work. I'm just saying like the example that I gave in the beginning when I had the mustard algae, the the, the few times that I've tried it, it has not removed the stain. And so it's, I mean, I guess it's been helpful in that it's ruled that out, I guess. Well, you've proven. Maybe I'm just mad that I've never, maybe I'm just mad that I've never seen it work. Well, you're looking at it the wrong way. You've proved in every scenario where you've used this that it's not an iron stain and you need to take a different route to get rid of it. I know. That's why I just said I'm just mad that I've never seen it work. So if it should work, you know the process though, correct? What do you do? You take the Mm -hmm. vitamin C tablet, you rub it lightly on the stained area. If it lightens, if it lightens, we know. That is your method of treatment. When we have iron in the water, what we have is ferrous iron. That is the soluble form of iron in the water. It is known as iron two. If we were to add a dose of chlorine to the water, we would strip electrons, force it to change, becoming ferric iron. So it starts out as ferrous iron, which is soluble, becomes ferric iron, which is insoluble. That's what precipitates out. That's what leaves the stain. So we end up with iron oxide staining, which contains this ferric iron, which is the insoluble form of iron, which looks like a rust stain, which is a rust stain, right? That's oxidized iron. So we add ascorbic acid. Why? 
Well, we just said that we stripped the electrons away from the iron. That's what caused it to precipitate out and leave a stain, the iron oxide. Ascorbic acid is a natural electron donor. So in adding the ascorbic acid, we give the electrons back. Giving the electrons back, we make the iron soluble once again. It goes from ferric iron back to ferrous iron and lifting out the stain. Now, the next thing we need to do is follow with either a sequestering agent or a chelating agent. A sequestering agent keeps the metals in the water in solution so they do not precipitate out and cause staining. They're still there. They're still in the pool. They're still in the water. They're just not going to give us a problem. Keep in mind that sequestering agents, the key ingredient, the active ingredient in sequestering agents is phosphates, not orthophosphate, but over time will become orthophosphate, which then is algae food. Chelating agent works a little bit differently. Chelating agents cause the metal ions in the water to the way the filter can pull it out during normal filtration. When we backwash each time, what we'll be doing is slowly lowering the metal level in that body of water. That is if you found the source of the metals and resolve that problem, because as long as the problem still exists, the metal will always be there. So let's hope that we found where the metal's coming from, and then using the chelating agent will help us to reduce that metal level over. And so the ascorbic acid will lower the chlorine in the pool though, right? That will... Well, it will if there's chlorine in the water when you put it in. That's why it's recommended that you drop the chlorine level first Mm -hmm. and then go with the ascorbic acid because the ascorbic acid will use itself up as it neutralizes chlorine. So it's not going to be left behind in the water? No, it will until you put more chlorine in there. And that's why folks say oh, that it I creates see. a chlorine demand because it's, you're going to put in an excessive amount of chlorine to burn off the ascorbic acid that's in there until you can get to a point where you could just maintain a level once again. I see. I understand. So, all right. So vitamin C tablet lightens it. We know we can treat the pool water with ascorbic acid. And like we said, we lower the chlorine level. We add the product. It removes the stains. We chase that with a sequestering agent or a chelating agent, something that's either going to... That's what I was going to ask next because you said it lifts the stain off. So you're going to want to capture that so it doesn't settle again. Right. Chelating agents actually help you to remove the metals from the water. Sequestering agents do not. Sequestering agents keep the metals in water in solution so they don't precipitate out and cause staining. So think of it like jury duty, right? If jurors are sequestered, that means they can't what? Speak to each other. Well, they can't leave. They have to stay there, right? So the same thing with these stains. The sequestering agent keeps them in solution, so they can't leave, precipitate out, and cause staining. Oh, I see. Okay. If you don't chase it with a a chelating or a sequestering agent, your stain will redeposit somewhere else or in the same spot in that pool. Okay. Another product that we have available to us that does an excellent job with iron oxide is oxalic acid. Oxalic acid actually forms a new compound with the ferric iron we spoke about in the iron oxide. And what it forms is iron oxalate, which then lifts out the stain, but does tend to leave a residual behind that will have to be vacuumed out. So it's not a favorite among pool professionals because they will have to go back and vacuum, not just once, usually a couple of times over the next two to three days, but oxalic acid also good for removing those iron oxide stains. So um, what about, what's your go-to then for a rust stain from like a, from a nail or something metal that sat on the surface? If it's just a small area like that, I might just use the vitamin C tablets. 
if it's a rust stain, and I'm sure it's a rust stain, I might take a knee high. You can buy those from, uh, you can still get those in the gro- in the supermarket, the grocery stores, right? They're like 99 cents. I think so. A woman's knee high. I suppose. For a pair, whatever. And I would just dump a few of them in there, tie a knot in it, drop it down and plop it right on the area. Can I tell you what Jason Evans does? What he recommends? Jason Evans is a good guy. What what does he recommend? Yeah, so for so for the people that don't that don't know who Jason is, uh, he's the he's the president of Pool Boy Plastering, and they actually did the uh, they did the guitar hotels in Fort Lauderdale. So rust from stuff like nails is the hardest to remove because the nails begin to melt into the plaster pores as the nail rusts away. So it's best to actually dive. And scrape as much away with a flathead screwdriver as you can. And then he says, don't use a metal brush because it'll make the area gray. Now, I, I'm assuming he's talking about uh, Pebble Tech because I don't think you'd want to do this with a metal with a uh, vinyl liner <laughs> or fiberglass. Um, but He's right. Get rid of as much residual as you possibly can and then treat it. Is that what he's saying? Yeah. And then it says, and then he says to follow up with a hand polish pad and Jack's magic iron remover. And then he says, chances are you won't get it all out without messing up the plaster. So you should be happy settling for just have light, uh, having lightened the stain. Yeah, you can settle for that. But if it's going to melt into the plaster, it's still going to rust away down deep down in there. But I just want to say that I am not a fan of the pvc over the stain and then pouring acid straight into that because well can you explain that so people know what you're talking about well so one of the most recommended methods for removing a rust stain is to take a long piece of pvc and pour straight muriatic like put the pvc over the stain excuse me and then pour muriatic acid straight down the pvc onto the stain now in my mind that's using a I can't think of anything clever to say. That's like using a, a, a hammer to screw something into a sheet of glass. Like, doesn't that not make any sense <laughs> at all? See? <laughs> I um, picture that different. scenario. Yeah. All right. But it was a good – It's I, I think it gets your point across. So basically don't do that. Thank you. And the way that works, acid's heavier than water. So the acid will make its way down through the water that's in the pipe, eventually down to that stained area. And then you're essentially spot acid washing the pool. I know people do it, and I'm sure it comes out perfectly fine. It just seems to me like you're removing more than you need to. You're actually creating a new pit for more stains and more etching. Your method for removing the tannin stains. Usually usually I just work on lowering the pH. Um, and that's it? If the pH – yeah, if the pH is already like low, you know, at the low enough where I don't want to lower it anymore, otherwise it won't, I won't be in any kind of safe range, um, then usually I will sprinkle a little trichlor over the stain and then uh, give it a let it sit for a second and give it a brush, vacuum, vacuum that up. What is that pH number? Of trichlor? No, the pH number you said that you feel safe with. I mean, are you talking about bringing it down to 7.2 or do you bring it down lower than that? No, no, no. I'm talking about just leaving it at like 7.2 unless, you know, I'm doing like an actual treatment. If I'm just, you know, trying to get rid of some palm tree seeds stains, you know, I let the customer know, hey, I'm just going to keep the pH low in the pool for a little while. You know, I'm going to try and put some chlorine on it and see if that helps. And usually the chlorine 
usually the trichlor treatment works like within five minutes. Why not CalHypo? Because people look at you like you're a crazy person when you go to try to buy CalHypo in Florida. <laughs> when you try to buy it in South Florida. In South Florida, a lot of places don't even have it, Rudy. I'm not even kidding. I had to ha- I, when I was using it, I had to special order it. Well, you know what, due to not the- special order, but I had to like they never had it in stock, so I always had to have them like, all right, well, get it for me so I can have it next week. You know, shit like that. Both will work, but your Cal Hypo would work. You've but- made the correct choice due to the pH of the two products. Each the different pH in the two products, trichlor being low, Cal Hypo being high. The trichlor is going to be more effective in stain removal. A lot quicker too, because of the combination of the low pH and the high chlorine. It literally works in like seconds. If you're in a market where they laugh at you when you go to buy CalHypo, then yes, definitely sprinkle trichlor over it. (laughs) You could always go with citric acid as a treatment as well, because there are citric acid products that are available to you in the pool industry from your distribution center or your local pool store. And uh, not only is it good for tannin stains, the citric acid, but it also does a good job with cupric oxide, not other types of copper stains, but the cupric oxide specifically, that's that black blotchy staining. Have you heard about the new method for preventing stains from bobby pins in a swimming pool? It's called take that thing out of your hair before you get in. It's a simple process. First, feel around your head to see if you have one in your hair. Second, if you find one, take that thing out. Voila, no bobby pin stains. Reddish purple blotchy stains on the floor and walls of the pool. What am I looking at? Copper cyanide. What do you do there? Well, that you that's has like a rough texture, right? You can actually kind of it does. That. It is. It's actually crystals that have formed when the uh, copper pulls the cyanuric acid out of solution. It forms a new complex, which is the copper cyanurate, which is insoluble, which then precipitates out, and it leaves all these tiny little crystals, almost like an amethyst. We mentioned those when we were talking the week before last, but that's what you end up with there. And usually, for me, acid is really the only thing that works well for getting that out. So like, do you do a drain and acid wash or do you do like a no drain acid wash? I don't do no drain acid washes. No, I just, I, no, I don't do, well, that's what a no drain acid wash is pretty much just drastically reducing the pH in the pool water, but I don't do those. No, I would drain the pool and acid wash it to have it removed. Why don't you do a no drain acid wash? Because I don't like to. Oh. That's just me personally. It's not my preference. I know a lot of folks do and that's fine. And that's where they done either one. drop the pH extremely low and ho- let it hold for what? I did it when I first started doing pools without realizing it because I never checked anybody's alkalinity. <laughs> so you did it by accident? I did it by accident, yeah. So all of your pools looked great because they all got this free no-drain acid wash when you first started out because you didn't know what the f*** you were doing. How cool yeah, is that? Exactly. <laughs> well, actually, it turned out bad. I actually ha- That's how I first learned about... Um, what, what did we talk about the other week, last week or the week before? Kubrick, would you say it was Kubrick oxide? Yes. That's how I learned about that. And actually, I didn't put the two together until we just talked about it. So okay. I actually, it was already, um, the pool was already had black staining, black splotches all over the pool when I took over because the guy who trained me never checked the alkalinity either. And so that's, you know, not his fault, but. 
isn't isn't it though his fault no i mean it's it's not i meant to say that like it's not his fault that i didn't check the alkalinity you know what i'm saying like i wasn't trying to blame him like training you know what i'm saying like it was on me but anyway but if he trained you then it is his fault you- but i should have known because i i should have known anyway all righty then so here's a funny story about copper cyanurate for decades we think the only place that we can actually ever see this is in a poorly maintained swimming pool where we have a high cyanuric acid level and a copper level the copper pulls the cyanuric acid out of solution we get this new complex copper cyanurate which precipitates out and gives us these tiny little purplish red amethyst like crystals well a couple of years ago this is pretty cool on the side of a mountain in chile this group of explorers finds this new mineral under tons of bat guano in a crack in a rock on the side of this mountain in Chile. And yeah, I'm doing air quotes here. This new mineral, they name it Joannamite, and they take it back and they have it analyzed. And it is the exact same structure as copper cyanurate. So we know that cyanuric acid is a result of the heat degradation of urea. We spoke about that in a previous episode. So the urea that's in the bat guano, as the bat guano decayed, it heated, which then produced, and this is over probably hundreds and hundreds of years, right? All this bat poop piling up on the side of this mountain. It heats as it decays. We end up with cyanuric acid that reacts with the copper that's naturally in this stone, and we get copper cyanurate. And they think that this is a new mineral, so they name it joannamite. They're all excited about this discovery. But realistically, like I said, we've been growing it for decades and decades and decades in poorly maintained swimming pools, pools that had high cyanuric acid levels and high copper levels and i just thought that was interesting whatever what Go you ahead. brought up a good point you said cupric oxide you moved right over into copper so what do we do i i never knew what to do nobody nobody knew that that's what it was when i'm when i'm you know now when i was doing this pool i know you said alum alum yeah you don't even need a lot of it well this pool was pretty bad this pool ended up being really bad because I stopped doing it and then somebody else did it. They tried acid washing it and they tried doing all this other stuff and it just looked like crap and the customer ended up getting really pissed off and firing us over. Copper stains can look like a whole bunch of different- This was blackish They could be brown, they could be blue, they could be vile. Oh my God. Dude, I like just got that shit out of my f***ing head. I swear, I'm going to kill you. So anyway, they could be teal, they could be green, they could be- they could be blush. They could be. <laughs> they could be blotchy black, right? The cupric oxide. If you have a level of copper in the uh-huh. water, and somebody was to toss in cal hypo or any dose of large dose of chlorine, you would then uh, strip hexa aqua copper of hydrogen ions, leaving us with the neutral compound copper two hydroxide. This is insoluble. It would precipitate from the water, leaving us with a blue green teal kind of stain. Right? We've seen that before. This then could degrade further and give us that black blotchy staining that we speak about when you look at cupric oxide, what we talked about a few moments ago. Again, as far as a remedy for this, as far as a remedy for copper hydroxide, we're looking at using aluminum sulfate. The citric acid not working on the copper hydroxide, it will work on cupric oxide if this was to degrade further, like we mentioned before. But as long as it's teal, 
we're going to go with aluminum sulfate because that's going to give us the best shot at removing this. But you could end up with black blotchy staining, which is the cupric oxide stains on the walls and floor of the pool. And in a lot of cases, after many hours, like 10 or 12 hours, they will go away. However, sometimes they don't. And even if they are going to go away after 10 hours, you still have a customer that's going to come home and look at their pool and see black blotchy staining. So I'd rather avoid that. So we were speaking last week about just running into the, I mean, if you don't have alum on your vehicle, aluminum sulfate, you could run right into a grocery store, buy a small thing of McCormick's alum, and then just sprinkle it over that spot. And it will take it out in about 60 seconds. Now, like I said, this pool that I had, you would need a whole ass. Well, it also depends on how long that staining had been there. Cause like we mentioned at the beginning of this mm. podcast, the longer a stain is in place, the more it becomes part of the pool. And you can get to a point where you just can't get them out, even if you're going through the right process. So you just got a, you just got a, a new, a new color in your, a new colored plaster. Well, that, yeah, pretty much. Or whatever. That, that million gallon pool that I was speaking about at the beginning, where we ended up with all the little speckles of iron stain due to the mm. cyanuric acid being broadcast. We tried with ascorbic acid. We tried with the tablets. It wouldn't come out. Eventually, the manufacturer came out and acid washed. Ready the liner. What? Serious. How'd that go? I don't know. I haven't been back since. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> you just ran next away. time I'm, I will. Well, I didn't do it. I was next time. COVID hit. There was a pandemic and I don't get out much. Mm. So, <laughs> also, this was recent. Well, within the past couple of years. So, when next time I'm down there, I'll give you an update. All right. It's over by you. Cool. Where is it? Over by you. They're in Cocoa Beach. <laughs> So copper, not just the black blotchy stains, but if you get teal staining, bluish staining, any of the different variations of a copper color that you can get. And that's that's the problem with copper is because it just can present to so many different colors. But alum, aluminum sulfate, oh. will work on almost all of it except for copper cyanurate. That's unfortunate. Yeah, it'd make life easy, right? <laughs> McCormick's, yeah. McCormick's saves the day. <laughs> So the way aluminum sulfate is able to remove copper staining, it gets a little bit into the physics of it. We have to look at the reactivity series of metals here. And in doing that, we can see that aluminum is much more reactive than copper. So because it's more reactive than copper, it can easily displace copper. And that's how we're able to use that product to remove copper staining. Just keep in mind that everything that we've spoken of is not safe for all pool types. Everything we spoke about is safe for unpainted plaster. However, if you have a vinyl or fiberglass pool, please stick to the ascorbic acid. The ascorbic acid is going to be the go-to for all pool surface types. You'll be fine with that for stain removal. Outside of that, if you pick up any other product, take a look at the label. Read the precautions, read the instructions, and only use it where it says it's okay to use it. We don't want to damage a pool in trying to get rid of a stain. We'd definitely rather have a stain than a big old wrinkle in a liner or damaged fiberglass. So just make sure that we check those things out before we proceed in those vessel types. That's it for this week. Tonight, have a safe, happy New Year with your friends and families. Watch the ball drop. Do the countdown. Have champagne. If you're going to drink, don't drive. If you're going to drive, don't drink. We appreciate you. We care about you. 
We look forward to seeing each and every one of you, or at least talking with each and every one of you in 2022. If you have any questions you want us to answer on air, get us at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. And in the meantime, three, two, one. performed by the United States Marine Corps Band. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 